Hey, welcome to the Remo Tlale Life and Faith Podcast, a long-form podcast designed to help you thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is the first podcast episode for the month of April uh, here in 2021, which means uh, it is the podcast episode that is not an interview uh, with anyone, but it's actually me sharing some of my thoughts, some of the things I am processing and learning, uh, some of the things I'm contemplating uh, in this life. So I look forward to this uh, this week's episode. I do want to start off by just saying thank you so much for listening. Uh, last month, we recorded all-time highs uh, pretty much in all the episodes that came out in the month of March. Um, if you haven't listened to the what happened in the month of March, uh, we had some really great conversations uh, with Cedric and Lesejo. Uh, they they were speaking just about how um, yeah finances and how you manage finances as a Christian. Uh, we we spoke to Dave Pockter. Uh, we actually did two parts with Dave Pockter just about the contemplative life and spirituality, the journey that we're on, uh, how we process God and and our faith, etc. And man, just great, 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 great content, uh, regardless of what continent you're on or what time zone, what country you live in. Uh, so if you haven't listened to those, I would suggest you go back, uh, give them a listen. Uh, definitely worth it. I will just ask if you are able to like and subscribe, wherever you get the podcast, I would greatly appreciate that. And then if you have two seconds more to spare, if you could just give us a review, especially on Apple uh, podcasts as well as on Spotify. They come up, we see them, uh, and they're able to help us get the word out about this podcast. Um, but yeah, for today's episode, what I'm going to be talking about is really the uh, the idea of modern day Christianity. What are some of the challenges that we're seeing uh, being faced uh, through some of the data that came out of uh, the Barna Group's study uh, called The State of the Church? Um, and then talk about this idea of being discipled by our screens, what that means, uh, how it affects us and and how we can consider it. Um, And then a a little bit of reflection on Easter uh, for me, just personally, some of the things that I'm processing uh, during this time, uh, just as we kind of exit Easter and head into a new space. So without further ado, here is my conversation, I guess, with me. Stay tuned. Okay, so the State of the Church is a Barna group. If you if you know Barna group, they're kind of a Christian, um, what is it called now? Study group, not study group, but a, a group that does studies on Christians. Let me put it that way. Uh, run by a great man by the name of David Kinnaman. Uh, if you are into podcasts, uh, they do uh, something called Church Pulse Weekly that he is involved in with a guy named Kerry Newhoff. Um, and they present a lot of this data. It is uh, primarily for church leaders, but I think, man, anybody can listen to it and learn. Uh, great, great podcast. Um, but the Bonner Group has been involved in church and Christian research for decades. Um, in fact, it was started by a guy named George Barna, and then uh, David Kinnaman took it over a number of years ago. Um, but they, they released this thing called The State of the Church. And really, it's a, it's a report. Uh, again, you can sign up for this and you've got to pay a, a fee to get it. But it's a report that really talks to us about, okay, so what are they finding in the church over the last 12 months? And of course, uh, for most of us, as we come into um, April across the world, is uh, is kind of month one of the new year post-COVID, right? Or in COVID. Uh, so we did we did March to March, which was 12 months, which was 
the full year and now April's kind of January of year two of COVID. We might need to maybe change dates in this world, um, but that's not actually what I'm saying. Anyway, um, but you get what I'm saying. So, so we're coming into this place and so they've taken all this data and it's quite interesting stuff um, for, for us as, as kind of faith uh, people, people who have a, a professed faith in Jesus or those who are figuring it out. You know, I, I know uh, there are people who are listening to this who are trying to figure out, OK, do I have a faith in Jesus and what does that mean? What is discipleship? So I, I want you to know that you are welcome here. I want you to know that uh, please, you are you are more than welcome to shoot me questions. Uh, my email address is on every um episode and every episode show notes uh, my social media is at remote on uh, instagram i don't have twitter or facebook at the moment so just at remote on instagram uh, and if you have my number please feel free to reach out to me there but the reason why i wanted to talk about this is because really what covid has done is it, it has changed us and whether you like this or not covid has had an impact on your faith Right, whether you've strengthened in your faith or you've weakened in your faith, maybe you felt like you've gone stagnant in your faith. Um, th- that's okay, right? Th- there's no right or wrong. But what we know is that COVID has certainly had an impact on our faith. And so, some of the things that's been interesting to 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 think about uh, is is okay. So, what has changed in the in the world of church? Uh, what what is the thing that you know has kind of been very different? Of course, virtual gathering uh, that has been man. Over, you know, you'll hear in the next in the next segment, I'll be talking about, you know, the screens and how much we're on our screens. Uh, But Zoom meetings are just through the roof. I mean, every church is doing it. Church online, uh, YouTube or Facebook live streaming. Uh, All of it is happening. This is across the globe. Um, I know that there's parts of the world now where churches are reopening. But by and large, this is this is how we have been functioning as a church for the last 12 odd months. And so. Uh, what it's created uh, is in, in the state of the churches, they ask people, you know, what do you miss most? What is the thing that you miss most? Uh, the, the top two answers were communion, which is, of course, you know, uh, the breaking of bread and prayer, remembering the death, burial, the life, death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, and then fellowship, the ability to speak in person to people, which is surprising because uh, we are probably the most connected generation um, of all Christians that have ever walked the planet because of cell phones. You know, I, I constantly am in awe of what we are able to do. This podcast, for example, listened to in, I think, now over 10 countries. It's like, man, that wouldn't have been possible, you know, 30, 40 years ago. It's it's just ridiculous. But now, not only can people listen to it, but I can have interviews where I can see the people that I'm interviewing and we can we can speak and connect uh, long distance, right? The people in the US or the UK or here in South Africa or across the African continent. It's like, man, h- how does this work? And yet what we miss or the, the, the second most missed thing about church is fellowship. It's the ability to be in the presence of one another and be able to connect. And then the third thing, so communion uh, is, is, is number one, fellowship was number two, and then number three was actually live preaching. And so for me, as a, as a preacher, man, I'm like, man, I'm fired up. That means hopefully when we get to go back to church, at least in the church that I'm a part of here in, in Cape Town now, um, that, that in that space, people would actually be interested and excited to hear me preach. But it's interesting that the things that we miss, we should have been able 
to replace with technology, but technology hasn't really hit the mark. And so I, I, I contemplate this because I'm contemplating, you know, us as young people, uh, you know, I know many people who listen to this might not feel like they're in that bracket, you know, kind of the teenage years to 35. But I know for me as a young person, I can easily think that the cell phone, the laptop, the, the internet, the connection that I get to get through those things is the same as seeing people in person and talking to people, etc. And I'm personally realizing it's just not true. And I actually think that as we as we consider and contemplate, man, what is the new church? What, what are we going to be needing to be formed as? I think the ability to get together, have live preaching, and actually have communion with one another is going to be the central, the central focus of church. And it needs to be. Uh, because if you go back to the book of Acts, chapter 2, uh, verse 42, and you can go read this in your own time. I, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But, but that was the stuff that was important. Right? It was the breaking of bread to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It was the preaching of the apostles as they taught the, about the resurrection of Jesus. And, and, and it was the being together. It was the fellowship, the oneness in heart and mind. And as a result of those things, uh, the community was served, people were saved, the, the gospel continued to move forward. And, and the, these things called what we now know as church, that is actually what developed them. And, and those people that were meeting in different people's houses eventually did a building and, and those buildings got erected. And, and there's really cool ones in Europe and, and, and South America and different parts of the world. And it, it's all great. But when we go back to the primary tenets of of who I think we are, is it's, it's highlighted but I, by what I believe this study shows is that people miss communion in person, they miss fellowship in person, and they miss live preaching. And so it's quite interesting for me because as we've as we've journeyed uh, with many people, we you know my wife and I, Pali and I, get to got to serve on a staff up in Johannesburg. We've recently transitioned now onto to be on staff. At least I have done done in Cape Town. Um, and it's like, man, as we consider how do we how do we help people through this journey of faith? I think we all, whether full-time in the ministry or not, we all need to be considering, how can I be a catalyst for fellowship? How can I be a catalyst for getting together to speak about the word and have live preaching? How can I be a catalyst, excuse me, <clears throat> for communion? That that is something that we do. Because, you know, as I've been reading, uh, I've been reading through the Gospels here in the beginning part of the year. Uh, and in Luke 18, Jesus, the question Jesus asks is, you know, will he, when he returns, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on earth? And I think when I consider the state of the church and I consider there's so much more research uh, that, that these guys have done and some of the stuff that I've read has just been fascinating to me. Um, I've just been I've been intrigued by that question that Jesus asked because I'm like, that's what we have to figure out is we can pivot all we want. We can try to get around COVID-19 all we want and figure out how we can do this stuff. But each Christian, each individual disciple of Jesus needs to ask themselves the question. When he comes back, will I be one of those that he finds faithful here on earth? And because my concern is this is that the number of people that are exiting the church, that are leaving, you know, faith, uh, leaving the faith and walking away from church is continually growing. And even in the state of the church, some of the data that shows is, 
is you know a number of especially this kind of our generation millennials gen z uh, these guys a number of them i think it was something like 35 percent of confessed christians uh, stopped attending a church during covid it's like what what why <laughs> you should have needed it more but it just became it was like i'll go back when things go back and i i wonder you know and i, I guess that's why jesus asked the question is are we going to be more faithful? Will we come out of this um, more faithful as a people, more determined to live out what the scriptures say, and more zealous for the fact that, man, people uh, are not in the faith. People are not necessarily journeying while in the faith, and we want to come alongside them and help encourage them. And these are just some of my thoughts on modern-day Christianity and what, what we're seeing. Please let me know what you think, you know, things that you're noticing um, maybe you've read State of the Church, maybe you've, read, you've heard other things, um, other reports, and, and, and you, 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 know, you have your own thoughts, but I'd love to hear from you. But these are, this is just something I'm considering. Hopefully it's something that you can consider. Um, is that just that question, when Jesus returns, will he find faith on earth? Cheers. Okay, so part two. Um, yeah, and, and, and I want to talk about being discipled by our screens uh, because this is something that I've, I may have even alluded to it in different podcasts as I've spoken to different people, um, but it's something that I'm recognizing is so true. Um, one of the, the minor practices that I've, I've developed, and, and maybe this is helpful to you, is uh, I, I don't sleep with my phone in my room. Most days of the week, it's very rare that, that my phone is, is, is with me now in my room next to me. Um, I, I let it sleep in another room. I, I am fortunate enough, one, uh, Palessa, my wife, sleeps with her phone in the room um, because that's the decision that she's made. Um, so her alarm rings and I can hear that. But also, uh, I have a I have a smart watch. And so my, my watch actually vibrates to wake me up when my alarm is set. So... Uh, I don't necessarily need it for the alarm factor. Uh, but the reason I put it in another room is so that's not the first thing that I check. Because what I found uh, for myself is it, it, it became just part of my nature in the first two, three, four, five minutes that I'm awake is I'm I literally, you know, eyes half open, um, groggy, haven't really even said good morning to Bali or anything. And, and there I am like, just oh, let me get on my phone and just mindlessly scroll through Instagram, that's what's going to wake me up. Um, and I don't know if you're like that, and maybe it's Twitter or something else, or TikTok. Um, but that's that was what was waking me up, is what I found. And I was just, I was blown away uh, as I thought about this. I thought, man, I, I've got to figure this out, you know. And then, of course, Apple, I, I have an iPhone, and, and Apple, uh, they have screen time. They can tell you <laughs> how many hours on average per day you spend on your phone, when I recognized, man, that, that number, um, at some point, I think I, I was, this is maybe a year or so ago now, um, I was over 10 hours per day spent on my phone. I thought, <laughs> that is not good. And so something that I really began to dive into, um, I watched some stuff, uh, the, 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 forget the guy's name now, but I watched uh, Digital Cocaine. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know the Netflix, um, the Netflix documentary, what is it called? Social Dilemma. Uh, I watched that. I, I just started to really dive into this. I read uh, a book 
that wasn't about this, but that hinted towards or that spoke about this um, in Robert Shermer's uh, 5 a.m. club. Um, he spoke about it in the beginning of this year. I read that and I was just like, man, I, I need to get my mind around this. So I literally, uh, over the last couple of months, I've just started putting my my phone in other rooms uh, and I try to, to get off of it early, like nine, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock now. Some days are better than others, but but I try to, to, to be mindful of how much am I on my phone? You know, when I'm sitting somewhere waiting for something to happen, do, do I go to my phone or do I just rest and relax and chill um, and let my mind wander? Do I look at the birds and the bees and the, you know, the blue skies and um, we've just transitioned to Cape Town. It's like, man, Cape Town's so beautiful most of the time. Uh, do I take the time to see that or am I just stuck on my phone? And so it was interesting. One of the guys, um, one of my good friends, uh, in Johannesburg, uh, shout out to Lita, is one of my closest friends. Um, but he he did a lesson for the teen ministry that we were helping to lead in Joburg, um, and he he mentioned some stats, which I thought I was like, whoa, I didn't even know about these stats that happened here during COVID. And so, just just take a listen to these because I, I find these fascinating, and then hopefully I'll be able to present a good question uh, that we can begin to consider together. Um, <laughs> So Zoom meetings went from 10 million on average Zoom meetings to over 300 million Zoom meetings. Uh, and I think the stat, if I'm remember cor- remembering correctly, uh, is per month. Think about that. That is, that is not like 100% growth. That's like 300, I think, percent growth. That, that it would go from 10 million to 300 million Zoom meetings. Now, I know if you're anything like me, man, it's, Zoom fatigue is real. Uh, I've had a number of Zoom, Zoom meetings. And, and in fact, the last, uh, the last kind of 10 days or so here as we've moved, uh, it's been quite great because we haven't had that. I haven't had a Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. I've actually been pretty free from that. Um, but it's so funny. Uh, shame. I won't mention the person's name, but somebody that I was in a ministry with in Johannesburg, uh, at the beginning of the year, we had our first meeting on Zoom. Uh, and she was just like, man, <laughs> like, oh, we really have to do this. That was, she didn't even say hi to us. That was her first statement, you know. But that's what Zoom is. That, that's what's happening with us is, is we're on Zoom a whole lot more. Now, I know we're also on Zoom for church. And I know we're on Zoom for school. And I know we're on Zoom for work. And I, there's multiple reasons we're on Zoom. But, but that's a, a large jump. Uh, for people to be to be on there then what's interesting netflix gained 36.5 million new subscribers 36 point what where like how because i thought i thought Net, i thought everyone had netflix okay maybe i was wrong evidently but 36 million people worldwide decided man this year in the last 12 months i need to get on netflix like i've got extra time i'm at home i'm stuck at home um, and I get it again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, hmm, evidently we are on our phones a whole lot more. You know, um, I, I read, a, um, another stat and I was like, okay, let me, let me dive into this. This Lita didn't share this with me. I actually did some more research on this stuff. Um, but on average, uh, people are on a screen with a phone or laptop or TV an hour more per day have been on the, on their phone, laptop, or screen for an hour more per day, each person, on average, an hour more per day over the last year. But what's interesting is when they went into those stats, it says, you know, they, they only increased business, uh, people doing business by 
people doing design by 3%, meaning, meaning of that hour, only an extra 3% of that hour was spent on business, only an extra 3% of that hour was spent on design. But up to 13% was up for communication, and about 2 or 3% was up for entertainment. So, so we, what we think is like, oh, school or whatever, that's what's increasing. No, it's actually us trying to connect. It's actually us trying to speak to people. It's actually us trying to understand one another. And that's been the greatest increase as to why we are on our phones or our laptops or whatever. And so what it, it brought me to, uh, and uh, I, I bring this because, again, these are things that I'm processing as a young person trying to thrive in my life and as well as in my faith. And I'm trying to, to, to not only lead myself and my household, but to prayerfully be an influence in ministry that I get to do uh, hands on. And then this is just this podcast is kind of an extension of that ministry that I guess that I get to do. And so these are things that I'm contemplating that hopefully can help you contemplate some things that make you process your own life through a different lens. But the question that I was, uh, the, the, the premise that I've worked on is that, you know, we are always being discipled by something, meaning uh, we are being taught, we are a learner of, we are being formed. Of course, we talk about disciples of Jesus. That's a learner, a pupil, a student of Jesus being shaped and formed into the likeness of Jesus, right? But, but we can be a disciple of so many other things. You, you can be a disciple of Manchester United or football of Lionel Messi. You can be a, a disciple of Tom Brady, uh, LeBron James. You could be a disciple of your favorite politician, Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, whatever. You, these guys can shape, form, and, uh, you know, disciple you, uh, whether by from distance or, or up close. But then what we realize, what I've realized is that the thing that is of the greatest influence is actually my screen, is, is what am I watching, uh, what am I looking at, what am I reading on my phone that is forming and shaping my perceptions of the world? Now, I, I listen uh, to a lot of podcasts, primarily Christian content, uh, Christian leadership content, as well as uh, preaching um, and just good conversation about Christianity and contemplation. Uh, and then I, of course, listen to some business stuff and, 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 and I try to vary it. But excluding that, the by and large, what I watch on TV, uh, Netflix primarily, it's it's series. It's it's not anything specific. It's not anything you know directed. It's just series. Good old fashioned. I mean, we we finished the first season of New Amsterdam recently. Uh, we were watching Lioness on DSTV here locally. It's a local South African production. Um, we've been watching that. You know. Um, just that kind of stuff. And, and what I realize is that I, I pick up on stuff in these shows and I, I think pick up on stuff on my social media platform and I can easily think about it. I can easily contemplate these things. I can easily be like, oh, that's actually a good idea. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And these things are discipling me. They're forming me. They're shaping my worldview, my perspective, my perceptions of things and how I want to do things. So the question I had, what I was contemplating and what I want to, to challenge you to contemplate is if I am being discipled by my screen, how do I use it? How do I leverage it to disciple me on the things I actually want to learn and grow in, right? Because if you, if I'm discipled by my screen and I'm discipled about the bachelorette, for example, again, nothing wrong with watching the bachelorette, but if that is the thing that's beginning to shape my worldview, how helpful is that in helping me to thrive in life as, in, as well as in my faith? Just a question, something to contemplate, something to consider, 
Because the truth is, I know most people that I've spoken to, we're definitely watching more Netflix. We're definitely in more Zoom meetings than we've been in before. We're definitely on more WhatsApp calls and WhatsApp chats that, than we've been on before. We're definitely scrolling through Instagram more mindlessly. The For You page is very active. And and we all know if you watch Social Dilemma, if you've seen some of these things, they're shaping it just for you, man. It's literally keeping you in your space. And it's forming you. It's shaping you. It's discipling you. And so as you get discipled by your screen, the question is, are there decisions that you can make? And I know they are for me. I mentioned one at the top of this of this of this segment that I, I don't let my phone be in my room. I, I see it generally by the time I see my phone, I've worked out, I've spent time with God, um, and then I'm I'm on my phone and I'm replying to texts and what have you. So think about it, consider it. Hopefully this is helpful to you. Cheers. Okay, last segment, um, my reflections on Easter. Very brief, um, I've, uh, I've kind of been thinking about and, and, and contemplating, you know, Easter. I saw a really cool, funny meme that says, you know, no matter how much you tell kids that uh, Easter is about Jesus, they still want Easter eggs. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that, you know, I think this is true for many of us. Uh, I actually think this is uh, the state of a lot of the world is that... Um, our faith is being deconstructed. We are contemplating and, and figuring out new age uh, philosophy and theologies. Uh, we are in the midst of um, most, a lot of the world leading towards more post-Christian spaces. Uh, we are kind of pushing hard back against Christianity in a lot of world, in, in, in a lot of countries around the world. Um, and then even for some of us who feel like we live supposedly in a Christian nation and, and very Christian spaces, we are seeing the brokenness of institutionalized Christianity uh, again, right? And it's not the first time in history, uh, but this, this continues to happen. So on the backdrop of all of that, Easter, Easter rolls around, the, you know, most countries stand still. It's a long weekend. It's big celebrations. People eat a bunch. People get together. Um, and those who are Christians, you know, we try to attend church and, and commune and, and, think, uh, uh, contemplate the, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and there's kind of three things that I've, I've been thinking about uh, as I consider uh, Jesus's life. And, and, and some of this is off the back of having conversations uh, with, with men like Dave Proctor. Um, but really, it's like, you know, life, uh, the life of Jesus was, was not all easy. Uh, and it, it's surprising to me because he is the uh, he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He he is the pinnacle of creation, of existence, of humanity. Like this, this is the greatest man to have ever lived. And yet his life wasn't always easy. Uh, if you think about it from, from that lens, what you'll notice is the 40 days in the desert, uh, tempted face to face by Satan. I think that that's pretty challenging. Um, but then he's consistent, consistently um riddled uh, with or not riddled himself but 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 he seemingly sees uh, the the, uh, the plight of people the, the brokenness of humanity the injustice uh, the the racism uh, the sexism the isms in general <laughs> you know it's it's like man he he sees it he he sees this this brokenness of this world and and he in many ways tries to repair it right he tries to repair people um 
when they have physical ailments, he, he, he does that, but also, you know, spiritual ailments, right? He, he tries to repair them. And, and, and so I thought, you know, for me, as I reflect on him and his life, you know, uh, life isn't going to be easy. I think COVID-19 has taught us this, but I think for the first time, for many of us, and I know for me, we had to re-examine our theology around suffering. And I know there's many a church that this hurt them because their theology was, if you're faithful, God is good to you and you don't suffer. And now faithful people were passing away because of COVID-19 or or losing jobs or or being hurt by COVID-19. And and that had to be re-examined. And what I realized was, you know, the, the life of Jesus was not easy. And yet he continued to persistently make decisions that were going to align him with what he believed and where he believed he was uh, meant to go. I thought that was super, at least to me, profound. I was like, man, he, he consistently made, and I know this about Jesus, but as I contemplated Easter, he consistently made the decisions regardless of the turmoil around him. I think for many young people right now, as as we deconstruct faith, as we um, journey with one another, trying to figure out issues of injustice, as we try to fig- figure out issues of uh, LGBTQI plus communities, as we try to figure out the isms, racism, uh, sexism, um, all of that, transgenderism, all of it, the, the, the isms, uh, the, you know, I mean, just seeing what's happening in the US with Asian hate crime, it's like, man, Life isn't going to be easy, but there is, we can continually make decisions to be faithful, to keep a faith, to have a faith, uh, and to walk in a direction that helps us with that faith. The other thing that, that Easter taught me, or as I thought about Jesus' life, is that, is that Jesus was okay with not always understanding why God didn't answer. Right, we see him in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, take this away from me, doesn't do it, take it away from me, doesn't do it third time, take it away from me. And then he, he gets up with resolve that, okay, as you will, Lord. Um, and I think for me, I had to, I've had to get there to the place where I can say, God, you know, I don't see why we're doing it this way. I, I really do think we should do it differently. But if this is how you want it done, my father, then not as I will, but as you will. And I think that's probably for the young person, that is the hardest place to be. I think for most people, but, but we aren't always going to understand fully the why of God. But we can certainly understand the who of God. And that's why he, it's not as I will, but as you will. It goes back to the you will, not I understand why you're doing this. I thought that that was helpful for me because as I've made different decisions, um, and, and, and contemplated different things. It's like, man, it's not so much yes or no, right or wrong. It's more so, okay, God, is this your will? And if it is, I'm going to try to follow that. And then lastly, um, and maybe these are things that aren't helpful. Maybe they are. I hope they help. Um, but then his resurrection, right? Because the life, the death, uh, I guess the death and burial, and then resurrection. Um, and it's the idea that there is always going to be hope. And if, you, if you're listening to this, and I don't mean this in a light, facetious way. I mean this in the genuine, real way. If you're listening to this and you're feeling hopeless, there is hope. The tomb is empty. Jesus did resurrect. It is done. It is finished, he said. And he, he came back to life. And, and whether you're like me and you, you're looking at your, your own country. I mean, I look, I'm looking at South Africa and I'm seeing just the number of homeless people, the number of people struggling for 
uh, running water and food and just in general the struggle and the plight of our people here in this country uh, then i look at the economy and i look at the politicians and i look at there's just so much wrong and bad and sad about this country it's easy for me to lose hope and as i as i see my friends leaving the faith as i see people uh, not staying close to god when I, as i contemplate people who are saying but but this old book with this old rules doesn't answer the questions that i have and i'm like it totally does we can totally talk through these things but it's not happening in the spaces that these people are in I must consider that there is hope. There is hope for me. There is hope for people around me. There is hope for the world at large. Because Jesus did resurrect. And uh, I want to quote uh, Tim Keller. But I probably won't say it as well as he had had written it. But he said, you know, the, the teachings of Jesus are only super, super important if Jesus actually lived, died, and resurrected. They're only super important if who he claimed to be is who he is. But they matter nothing if who he claimed to be is not who he is. The challenge is, we might not know that in this lifetime. And so the question is, will you bet on Jesus being wrong or be Jesus being right? Because I can tell you, if you live by the precepts of Jesus and put your faith in Jesus and live as a disciple of Jesus, regardless of whether he's right or wrong, your life will be for the better. And I am a Bible-believing Christian. I believe that Jesus died and resurrected. And so I've put my faith in him because I know that not only is his precepts and his teachings going to help me in this life, but it will also help me in the life to come. These are some of the things I'm contemplating and and thinking about over this Easter period. I hope these help you as well. Cheers. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. I just wanted to say this to you. Uh, We have some incredible uh, episodes coming up. We're going to have some great conversations with some great people doing some awesome things in some incredible places in different parts of the world uh, that I didn't even know uh, we could get to uh, with this podcast. And I'm just so grateful because not only am I working hard on the podcast, I have some some guys helping me out, uh, but you are sending in, hey, I I want to hear from this person, or I want you to talk about this topic, or I want you to discuss this thing. And that is helping to make this podcast epic. And I mentioned this in the beginning of the episode, but last month's episode, last month's podcast episodes were the most listened to that we've had in podcast history. And the membership and the people following continues to grow. And it's because of you. It's because you share it, you like it, you subscribe and you, you, you give a rating and a review. But also you help me. You tell me, hey, this is what I want to learn about. This is, what, this is what's helpful. These are people that I've learned from. And so I just want to come back to you and ask you again. Hey, if there's someone that you want to hear from, someone that you'd like to have on the podcast, please give me a shout. Um, we continue to work with different names, different people, and hopefully can bring you the type of content that will help you to thrive in your life as well as in your faith. Thanks. Thank you for listening. For more thought-provoking conversations, subscribe to the Rima Klale Life and Faith Podcast. Please like, review, and share so that we can continue to help others thrive in their life as well as in their faith.